0: Hey, babe, I don't know what to do my podcast about. Yeah? Yeah. What do uh, Penn State fans want to know about? Is the quarterback going to be good? Uh...
1: In a world full of too many football podcasts... comes another one man's quest to find the answers. Okay, boys, let's go to work. Now, live from Pine Grove Studio B, it's Let Me Be Frank with T. Frank. Of
0: course people want to know that one, right? After Sean Clifford reportedly struggled in the blue-white game, or whatever you want to call the spring scrimmage this year... That's been the topic of discussion this week for Penn State football fans. So today we're going to get into the question, is Sean Clifford good? And it's not an easy answer. And also, if you're coming to me, I'm assuming you're not looking for a yes or no answer. So we're going to get into some of the details of strengths and weaknesses of what Sean Clifford does and what that means going forward and what we've heard so far this spring. To start out, I do believe in the power of positivity and all those things that you hear head coach James Franklin talk about, you can make yourself better. You can get better every single day to the point that you are at some point good at what you do. So there's always a path to success. First off, let's start with James Franklin and offensive coordinator, Mike Yersich, what they said about Sean Clifford and his progress and what he's done so far this spring.
1: Mike has really been impressed uh from what I've seen in terms of Sean's approach it's really important to Sean he works really hard at it he prepares uh like you're supposed to prepare Sean is a uh, it, it's really important to him he's a football guy he prepares like a pro I really like his preparation um I like his passion um he brings a lot of emotion and uh you know, that's it's impressive to see him um, care so much about wanting to get better, wanting to win, competing every day. Everything's important to him.
0: Yo, I'm gonna be honest with you. I that doesn't sound good. So, imagine that that's somebody a friend of yours is talking about a date they went on. What they're saying is the person is unattractive. Like, at no point did they say anything about his football skills on the football field. They just talked about how great of a person he was and how uh, hard he works. Like, that, you know, I've done enough scouting reports in my lifetime to hear all of the things that are unsaid there. Uh, but we'll go into what Mike Yursich said about what he can get better and what he's done well so far this spring.
1: Uh, where he can get better um, is just with, with little things right now. He's really good with protections, um, and that comes from a lot of good experience. Um, so he's you know that's that's the biggest concern this spring is making sure that that uh, we can uh, master the the protections up front to uh, you know not allow any any disruption from the defense and minimize that, and especially with Coach Pry as much as he brings. it's a, it's a challenge, but he's very good at that. And um, where he can improve the most is, uh, you know, Probably just the progressions and anticipation. Um, There's a a lot of new on his plate right now. And it's one of those things where you kind of don't know until you actually get thrown in there and uh, have to feel it. And and, uh, he's just got to get his eyes where they need to be more consistently on on every play.
0: So we'll add that to the list of things that Sean Clifford would talk about today. Uh, When it comes to setting protections, that simply means telling the offensive line where to be and how to block. And a lot of that doesn't change from offense to offense. Now, the terminology might change, but for the most part, fronts are all the same. So he has mastered that part of playing quarterback over his uh, five years at Penn State at this point. Uh, But let's start in on what progression means, because progression is a very important part of playing quarterback. It means you know where to go with the football. So typically, it's like reading the defense. You and I know that we read on a page from left to right. We know that that's where the words are and that all the letters are gonna make sense in that order unless you're reading my writing and there's a typo because I'm a little listexic. Uh, Sean Clifford is having trouble reading the defense properly in Mike Yurcic's new offense. The The difference is it's not like reading where it's universally left to right for us. It's different. There are tweaks. There are differences in every system. And in Yurcic's, this case, he's having to learn a slightly new way to read. Here's the problem. Defenses don't change. There are only a handful of ways that defenses can play coverage on a football field. There's a majority of families. There's a majority of styles. And the only difference is what players are doing them. And do you know what they're going to do before the snap? And that is a big part of playing quarterback is pre-snap recognition, knowing what the defense is doing, seeing it. That's why film study is important. The majority of the time when they look like this and you've seen it on film, they're going to do this. The second part is post-snap recognition. This is seeing what the defense is giving, reading your progression and finding the right receiver. Because for the most part, there are some plays where the defense just wins. But it's too big of a field. There's too much space horizontally and vertically for everyone to be covered. So there's going to be a receiver open. It's about being able to find the receiver, and that's based on knowing what you're looking at and where people are. This has been a consistent struggle of Sean Clifford's throughout his seasons at Penn State. I want to go over this play from the 2019 whiteout game. It's Sean Clifford versus the Michigan defense on third and sixth. Now, normally what we know about Michigan and what Sean Clifford is thinking before the snap is that Michigan likes to run press coverage and pressure. So what he sees, based on alignment on this side of the field, he sees a press defender here. He sees a linebacker over Devin Ford, the running back, so he's assuming man coverage over here. Now, the picture, as far as the safeties go, is a bit cloudy because we've got three deep defenders on one side of the field. This guy pressed up in man coverage, but he's assuming, based on film study, that this is going to be man coverage. So what he does is he wants to throw immediately to Devin Ford in the flat, and get this pick play. This is a natural pick play of Justin Shorter's going to run a corner route here and Devin Ford's going to run underneath as a uh, a flat receiver, thus getting this pick play, picking up an easy first down. The problem is Clifford has predetermined that that's what he's going to do and he doesn't check before he throws. So we'll see after the snap, once he's already wound up and delivered, he's ready to throw, that this is not what he was expecting. Instead of cover one, this is cover six. You have four defenders on this side, so it's cover four on this side, and you have cover two on this side. That means this is a flat defender and that this is no longer the route he should throw. The problem is he's already wound up. His feet are in a throwing position, and he's stuck because he predetermined his throw and predetermined that pressure was coming. This is a relatively clean pocket. He doesn't have to throw immediately. If he could reset his feet and he could look downfield for the corner route, it does develop, I wouldn't even say late, I'd say it develops on time that Justin Shorter comes open where if he throws into the cover two hole over here on the sideline, Shorter has a chance at this ball, but He's already decided where he's going with the football, there's no turning back, and it's an incompletion. So this is when we talk about going through your progressions. The hard work up front, he's done as far as film study and knowing the tendencies of the team he's facing. The problem is, once the ball is snapped, does he see a clear picture of what's actually happening on the field? As we see... It really, if there's any sort of variation from what he's expecting, Clifford struggles to find the right receiver and read the defense correctly. And I think there's one major reason why he struggles at that. And that would be his pocket awareness and pressure. Now, it doesn't matter if it's the beginning of his career, where he first started. doesn't matter if it's the middle of the season or in the bowl game or 2020. Sean Clifford has always struggled against pressure. If he feels the blitz, if there is pressure in his face, for the most part, he cannot escape in a way that creates an advantage for the offense. He typically is corralled for a sack. There's, It's not a positive play for the defense. He doesn't create much outside of structure. Now, when he does get away, he can make good plays. Um, but for the most part, if he gets pressure, two things happen. He panics, and he looks down. And he's no longer reading the book. He's no longer reading left to right. He's looking down at the pressure and he's abandoning his responsibilities trying to escape and run and make a play with his legs. This has not gotten better at any point in his career. So I think it's safe to assume that this is a weakness of Sean Clifford's. The second part of that is pocket awareness. It's not just the fact that the blitz is coming, but also how to move, maneuver in the pocket, how to manipulate so that if there is pressure, you can step away from it and continue your responsibilities. This is probably the worst area where Sean Clifford struggles because he has relatively low pocket awareness. He does not move well in the pocket, and he gets very jittery. I want to point out this game, 2019 bowl game, The Cotton Bowl versus Memphis. Because I think this is a fair assessment of what Sean Clifford can and can't do in his very cloudy timeline of 2019 where he's a first-time starter and then 2020 and all the shenanigans that happened last year that I think we're all painfully aware of. So to have a fair assessment of what he is under normal laboratory circumstances of our quarterback uh, experiment here, we're going to look at the last game he played in an offense that he's familiar with. And I want to point to this particular play because I think it perfectly exemplifies what he does and doesn't do in the pocket. And we'll get to a couple later. This play is against Memphis at the goal line. And you'll see on the left side there is a blitz. Now that is a flash of color that he sees because he's looking over at Jahan Dotson, who's going for a fade in the back of the end zone. When he sees that, watch how his body reacts. Watch how his feet react. He's nervous in the pocket, but Journey Brown does a good job and picks up the blitz. But it doesn't matter now because Sean Clifford has been rattled by the pressure. Now, he does control himself. He does go through his progressions, and he finds Pat Fryermuth for a touchdown here. Now, this may seem like this is nitpicking, but this is indicative of the problem because Sean Clifford, when he gets into these situations, he becomes less accurate and he makes less... Quality decisions now. He threw the ball for touchdown, but that ball could have been made a play on by the defender he put that ball in a bad spot because his feet weren't set and he wasn't confident in what he did But in the end Pat Fryermuth was able to wrestle the ball away for a touchdown Memphis did a great job of working off of two of Clifford's weaknesses to make him have a really bad day The first thing they did is they put pressure on him. They blitzed a lot And the Penn State offensive line did not do a good job that day of holding up under pressure, which led to all of the previous things that we've talked about as far as Clifford's weaknesses. That was compounded by the fact that they were blitzing a safety. So post-snap, he was getting a completely different picture every time from what he was expecting. And this is after, again, he's been in the same offense for over a year now at this point with Ricky Ronnie as the offensive coordinator. Now, Tyler Bowen's calling the plays because Ricky Ronnie had moved on to Old Dominion at this point, but it's the same offense. He should be in command of this. He should know what he's doing. And Memphis, I'll be honest with you, they got him. They got him rattled. They, they did a lot of things to him that made him not look great. So when you combine those things, of not being good under pressure, and that making it so that you don't read your progressions, your eyes don't look downfield, you are struggling to focus on your task, that's where you get sacks, that's where you get interceptions, that's where you get fumbles, that's where you get all of those things. This is also uh, very obvious in the first game he played in primetime against Iowa. His pocket awareness was really poor, especially on the first drive, where he basically drifted into a couple of sacks. So if the offensive line is not good at pass protection, and you're not good at escaping the blitz, and you're bad at operating in the pocket, you can see how that's a problem. And it is a problem and it's not entirely Clifford's fault because Penn State has been very bad at protecting him over his two seasons playing football at the college level. According to PFF in 2019, they were 62nd in O-line pass blocking efficiency. That means how good you are at pass blocking. How often do you give up pressure? They were 80th, tied for 80th last year in FBS teams. So that's really bad. If you... Combine all of those factors, it's no wonder that Sean Clifford has struggled and has played with fits and starts throughout his career. He doesn't have this particular skill, and the situation around him has dictated that it's going to be a regular occurrence for him. And that's, to me, why you saw a lot of what happened in 2020, where they went from trying to have a complex downfield passing attack with their redshirt junior quarterback to now a simplified catch-and-throw offense later in the season once he was reinstated as the starter. They had to strip it all down and rebuild it because the things that were going on, there was there was no successful outcome there. The next thing that Mike Yersh just talked about is throwing with anticipation. And this is one that a lot of quarterbacks struggle with. And honestly, some in the NFL, the light never truly, fully comes on for them. It's the ability to put the ball where nobody is, knowing that when it gets there, your guy will be there. You've seen it all the time. You've seen the great quarterbacks do this all the time. Of They just throw a ball, and it looks like it's going to nobody, and all of a sudden there's a receiver there, and it's a big play. Throwing with anticipation is a huge part of becoming a good quarterback. Not just, uh, not just a quarterback, a good quarterback. And I want to, again, go back to the Memphis game to point out exactly what we're talking about when it means throwing with anticipation. Now you can do this versus zone coverage, where you see a guy in between two defenders, all of a sudden there's a window, and the quarterback throws the ball into the window, the receiver's there, he catches and keeps running. You can also do the same thing, throw with anticipation in man coverage, and that's what we have here. K.J. Hamler is running a slant in the slot, it's two slants to the left side. What happens here is Sean Clifford knows it's man coverage. He knows what the play call should be. He knows he should throw the ball, but he just wants to see it. He just wants to see K.J. cut so he can throw him the football. He wants to see the hands. He wants to see the number. He wants to see it. The problem is he's staring at K.J. Hamler too long, and the man that's covering Pat Fryermuth watches his eyes and undercuts the route. K.J. Hamler would have been open, except for the fact that Sean Clifford didn't throw the ball in time. So that's not it's, as much as anticipation, it's throwing with timing, throwing with the rhythm of the play as it should be. Those are all the things that make a good quarterback successful. And this is one example, but these are the plays that you don't see a lot from Sean Clifford. If it's open, and it's open-open, he can hit a receiver. But if he has to throw with these situations, throw into these situations, he generally struggles. The other thing that he struggles with is throwing into tight windows. So not just like what we just saw there, but throwing into situations where the receiver and the corner, there is no clear winner, which usually means that the, the, the corner probably is the advantage on the play, but you can still beat that player with a better throw. Sean Clifford does not do this. He does not have the ability to put the ball for the most part into a situation to give his receiver a good chance at the ball. So what that does is it means it does he does not elevate the players around him. This is one of the key hallmarks when we talk about elevating players around you. He does not make plays that are better than the defense. He makes plays the defense gives him. The, this is another really tough thing to uh, put in the column against is Sean Clifford good. Because if you cannot elevate the players around you, then the system and the players around you have to be elevated through their play and their exceptional football skills. Penn State is a very good team. And sometimes they're a top 10 team. But if you don't have that missing piece of quarterback, this is what we're talking about. So that is a huge problem when it comes to the ability to play quarterback. If you can't throw with anticipation or throw into tight windows and make sure that your receiver has a play on the ball. The problem that muddies all the water is that he can do these things at times. It's the consistency with which he does them. And in the end, that's what matters. The consistency with which you play the position. Let Me Be Frank is brought to you by Pavement. Do you want to create progress? How about buildings and pavement? Do we need more? I don't know. But guess what? You're going to get some more coming to a field near you.
1: This is Let Me Be Frank.
0: So when it comes down to it, it maybe isn't, uh, is Sean Clifford good? But is it, can you win with Sean Clifford? Because that's what Penn State's going to try to do in 2021. There does not seem to be, at this point, another answer on the roster. And I would not assume that there's going to be one before the start of the season. I don't know that you get another quarterback ready in time anyway. So can you win with Sean Clifford? I do believe that you can, because in 2019, they were a good team that was able to win 12 games. So here's what needs to happen next year first thing is the system needs to be favorable and it needs to get a lot of open, easy throws for Clifford. That is one thing that I think Mike Yurcich has shown that he can do as an offensive coordinator and as a quarterback coach. And I do believe that that is an important part too, that the quarterback coach can help teach and elevate a player to make them better than they are. This is another thing that we've seen Mike Yurcich do over the years with his quarterbacks. Now this isn't gonna require Sean Clifford to be fully invested in all of those things, which we've heard he is, and he always has been. That's never been the problem. The second thing, and I think this is where Sean Clifford needs to do the work, is he needs to make sure that when the throw is there, he makes it. Don't miss any of the easy ones. There are too many times on tape where his strength of hitting open receivers, he misses. So no more of that. If those two things happen, this is a good team with good playmakers. I think that if you can do those two things, and as much as you can, get out of him. Improvement in progression and pocket awareness. I think if you can do anything in those areas, you can win with Sean Clifford. Now, is he good? Uh...